our news night uh, tonight here uh, on the show in the next uh, 60 minutes catholic bishop conference backs individual bondholders in their quest to be exempted from controversial debt exchange program then the government will have to relook at it so that it will not harm them and hurt them the way they are beginning to feel and think we are live at the Finance Ministry where Keanu Ferriata has been meeting leaders of Individual Bondholders Forum with a commitment to make changes uh, to the uh, program. Would we lose a bit of what we have? I think all of us are going to, but we have to make sure that what we eventually come up with uh, creates a sustainability. For example, a zero coupon for 2023. That has to change. So we'll, we'll look at that. Well, that meeting has ended with a setting up of technical committees beginning work tomorrow. Uh, to reach some consensus on the matter. Also tonight, Education Minister questions relevance of some courses taught by the country's universities, blaming it for, for huge youth unemployment rate in the country. Development education. Development education for what? You have BA in education and you're supposed to prepare students for non-teaching job. What type of non-teaching job are you preparing students with? Unemployment invariably comes from the fact that we are training the graduates for courses that don't exist. But as education minister, should he be complaining or fixing the problem? We hear from the former educationist and a former vice chancellor also tonight. Eight Chiana senior high school students dismissed for insulting the president, finally recalled by the Ghana Education Service after President Akufado intervened in business. Well, Finance Minister Kenneth Ferrata insists the required expenditure cuts have been instituted to support the domestic debt exchange program. Three coaches have been shortlisted for the vacant Black Stars job by the Ghana Football Association. And 50 Minutes will tell you all about them. You want to stay with us here on News 9. I will be sharing your thoughts with the rest of the world. Remember to send us a WhatsApp 055 My name is Evan Spencer. In the last few minutes, the finance ministry and leadership of individual bondholder forums have agreed to form technical committees beginning uh, tomorrow. Meetings will be underway to try and reach a consensus on the matter of participation in the controversial uh, debt action program. As you know, the individual bondholders' position is clear. They don't want to participate and they are asking for an exemption. That hasn't changed even after uh, today's meeting. We'll be hearing uh, very soon from.
from uh, both the finance minister and leader, uh, a convener of the Individual Bondholders Forum, Senor Hossi. But uh, while that was going on today, uh, the Individual Bondholders had met with the uh, Ghana Catholic Bishops Conference and the conference is tonight backing their position for an exemption of individual bonds from the uh, debt exchange program. We've been hearing from the most reverend Matthew K. Genfi, uh, who has been uh, meeting uh, with the leadership of the uh, bondholders and taking a petition uh, from them. My colleague Kojo Brace was with the team that met with the Catholic Bishops Conference and is in the studio with me, Kojo. So what did the uh, bondholders tell the Catholic bishops? I mean, they told them the reality, that there are too many people involved. Uh, according to uh, Nyamsen, who was the leader, there are some 1.5 million uh, direct individual bondholders and 6.5 dependent on these 1.5 million people so that, that there's too much at stake for government to just you know uh, touch their bonds without uh, their consent zero reliefs and zero consultation unlike has been afforded the far more powerful institutional parties who were initially um, the subject of government's efforts to reduce its debts the implication of this is that one and a half million Ghanaians are going to be severely impacted. And about another six and a half million Ghanaians who depend on this first group will also um, unavoidably be roped into the implications of this. And the implications are indeed severe and impossible to contemplate. Because every bondholder stands to lose up to 88% of their investment. And I don't know many households that can survive the loss of 88% of their income. For many of our members, these incomes are their core income. And that is what makes the suggestions by government dangerous. Therefore, most reverend, we are here to reiterate our statement to government asking that individual bondholders be completely exempted from the process. And we're also here to seek the support of the National Catholic Bishops Conference in this regard. We know, as you said, that Ghana is a country of peace and we always use constitutional and legal processes to resolve all matters that we debate. I mean, one of the key things that had uh, come forth very strongly from the individual bondholders is that for many of them, this is the only source of livelihood for them. Uh, mm. Was this addressed today? Yes, uh, Martin Pebu spoke in that regard, and according to him, the, the, they all depend on coupons of these bonds as their monthly salaries, and therefore they don't understand why government will continue to pay its workers and then deny them their monthly salaries, and that if this is followed through, many souls may lose uh, their lives. Our members are in that street. This is not a joke at all. I mean, you look at the numbers in terms of what we have to shoulder, and you see that without the coupon payments, which our members have been relying on, this is going to be a matter of death, mass death for our members if this program is made to see a successful end. That is to say, if government implements it. Put in another way, most Reverend Jenfi, 
we rely on the coupons to be able to pay our bills. Yes, we rely on the coupons. That's the interest that the government pays on the bonds to be able to pay our bills. The other day, I showed the example of Roberta. Today, she's not here. She has five children. So I like a typical example. Roberta has five children. And that is what they rely on to feed, to pay rent, to pay school fees, to pay for medication, and so on and so forth. So the government cannot be heard to say that this year we should not receive any coupons. That's no interest, zero payment this year, and 5% next year. And of course, some of the uh, bonds are maturing this year, about 4 billion or so are maturing this year. Some of our members have plans to take their principal and go do something else. So it's just not in our contemplation that this program was going to be rolled out. It wasn't in our contemplation that this progr program was going to be rolled out and in the process take away the, uh, what do you call, the investment. So, Grace, uh, tell me, so the re reaction from the Catholic Bishops Conference was what exactly, mm -hmm. after they've had all this? I mean, um, according to the president of the Catholic Bishop Conference, uh, he says that he's listened to them. I mean, apparently, he had to ask them to give him an in-depth education on what's really happening. And he says, if government promised earlier not to touch the, their, their bond, then government should listen to them. Then I, asked, I went forward to ask him about what he thinks about the size of government. He says, well, they have already spoken about it in November that government has to cut the size of, of, of it to ensure that we are in a stable situation. Let's listen to him. Well, I believe uh, the government uh, can come out very, very clearly to state whether what they are saying is what the government is doing. Because from their statements, they said the president said individuals will not be affected. And the minister of finance also said individuals will not be affected. So very often when the president and the minister of finance speak on financial matters like that, we have to take them for their word. But these individuals, 1.5 million their representatives here said that the government is reneging on his word. That, in fact, he has included individual bond, bond holders. Uh, and so I believe the government should come out very, very clearly to say, well, I said this, but I've changed my mind. Or what they are saying is actually not what I'm doing. It's not what I'm doing. I still stand that individual bondholders are not included and that uh, their monies are not going to be taken. That is what I, I said. But at, at this instance, government wants them to sign on to the program so that they would then say, we have accepted you to touch our bond holdings. So this year, don't pay us any benefits. That's what they're also fighting against. And, and I'm asking that once these members are all Ghanaians, which of course majority may be members of a Catholic church, what are you telling the government, by extension the president, in, the, in this instance? Uh, uh, like from what they said, these are their life savings. Uh, many are retired. Few are just beginning to save and the uh, government who always have the people at heart, 
if what they are saying is really the situation, then the government will have to relook at it. Have to relook at it so that it will not harm them and hurt them the way they are beginning to feel and think. So you would ask government to stop, get its hands off touching the bonds of these individual bondholders? For individual bondholders, as I said, the government, we are in crisis, and the government is trying to do something. Even if you go there at all, not to the extent that it will hurt them and harm them and collapse their uh, uh, savings and incomes. You must be very, very careful. The president is someone that when you speak, you are the president of the Ghana Kali Bishops Conference. He would listen. People have requ uh, suggested that the president reduce the size of this government, and this could probably save us a lot for us to go through the program. What will you tell the president, since if you speak, he will listen, in terms of what he can do to save this in, uh, uh, situation? At the recent plenary assembly of all the bishops, which took place in Donkukrum, in the eastern region, in the communique that we issued, we appeal to the government to relook at the number of uh, ministries and therefore number of ministers he have and to cut them drastically down to, uh, uh, to levels where, which will keep the government still going and implementing their uh, projects to the barest minimum. And the reason for that is that the country is in crisis, financial crisis. And so many ministers, so many ministries may be sucking a lot of funds. We have said it already, uh, just in November of uh, last year. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we believe and hope he's given it uh, kind consideration and, um, and he may act on it. And that's the Most Reverend Matthew K. Jemphy, the president of the Ghana Catholic Bishops Conference, uh, talking about the inclusion of individual bonds and the entire structure of the uh, diversion program. Well, today there's been a very important meeting that we've been breaking uh, to you uh, in the last uh, few minutes from the finance ministry, between the finance minister himself and representatives of individual bondholders' forums. Well, as it turns out, uh, the meeting uh, from those who participated, it was uh, successful. Um, this is uh, Senor Hossi, uh, who is the, a convener of the Individual Bondholders Forum, uh, speaking to me a short while ago, uh, right after they met with the finance minister. Well, I first of all have to commend the minister for the audience and his warmth. Um, he was hoping to really hear our cry and our petition, our plea. And um, his, his, his posture clearly means that he really identifies with our, our issues and we should be looking to a, a very reasonable resolution of the matter going forward. We've agreed to set up a committee to work together on proposals that can, can help manage the challenges that have been raised to us. In our proposal, in our petition, we had already indicated that we were willing to, to, to put our, our policy um, experts on the matter to, to at his disposal to help um, resolve the challenges in, in ways that will not be extremely disruptive after a new position for individual models. So we are looking forward to that committee starting work tomorrow. We expect to resolve it and, and, and move forward. I want to thank the people of Ghana, thank Joy FM and other media houses 
people have been quite supportive, giving us the right audience. Make time for us to really educate people on the implications of performance on the table. So that's uh, Senor Jose there shortly after the meeting. So uh, that those technical committees uh, will now be set up. The meetings will begin tomorrow uh, with a commitment to reaching some form of consensus. As far as the uh, the individual bondholders are concerned, uh, the, their position remains unchanged, which is exempt individual bondholders. And they're going to go to the table uh, with a set of facts to justify how government can still exempt individual bondholders and achieve uh, debt sustainability uh, mainly by cutting uh, uh, you know government expenditure uh, well, well, I want I want to give you a sense of what the finance minister himself had to say uh, he says he's open uh, to consider uh, changing the current terms of the delegation program particularly uh, he isolates the uh, the payment of zero coupon zero interest on bonds that were supposed to mature this year and all bonds were supposed to get zero interest this year, says he believes that must change. Would we lose a bit of what we have? I think all of us are going to, but we have to make sure that what we eventually come up with creates a sustainability. For example, a zero coupon for 2023. That has to change. So we will look at that. I want to bring in uh, Professor Goffrey Bokwing, uh, uh, Professor of Finance at the University uh, of Ghana, joins us on the telephone line right now. Prof, I'm grateful for your time here on on uh, Newsnight. First of all, give me your, your thoughts on the posture of the finance minister today. If you listen to him, it appears that he's, he's ready uh, to, to engage, but most importantly, compromise and make some changes. Well, good evening, Evans, and good evening to your cherished listeners, and thank you for having me on your show. Um, I think that um, um, I was uh, I was excited um, the day the, the finance ministry decided to extend the deadline. I felt that yes, we were um, we were coming home. We, we were we were reflecting the reality, and I think that um, I, I commend um, the finance minister. Um, of course, his continuous stay in the office is also a problem. We need to recognize that. Uh, but that said, I think that um, it's, a, it's a good posture. And I, I, my understanding is that um, all these concerns, I believe that through various channels and even the MPP party, is getting to him. And therefore, there's the need to, to adopt this um, accommodative stance because um, we had gotten to the point where he could lose everything rather than having something. So I think the posture is very good. Um, and that also strengthens the bargaining power of creditors. So the good news is more on the side of creditors that given the fact that the ministry has extended the, the deadline three times, it's enough an admission of poor work that was done that didn't reflect reality, that fully didn't uh, uh, analyze the impact of the terms of the debt exchange. And therefore, I think that together we can make progress. The way I see it, hello? Yes, Doc. The way I see it, and I've said before, that this crisis is a good one. Let's leverage on this crisis to ask for greater reforms. In, in, in giving this extension, uh, individual bondholders, institutional bondholders, should not be looking for their interest alone. It may conflict at some point in time. It will be helpful 
for, for us to have one domestic creditor committee that would negotiate from position of strength that in exchange for a haircut, there must be fiscal and governance reforms immediately on the table that allows us to also trade off part of our investment and coupons for something that is very good. I just want to highlight the reason I'm saying this eh, is that Ghanaians must understand that if there are no costs to the politicians, whether in opposition or in government, under this preemptive debt restructuring, the incentive to borrow and misuse it will be high, as such costs would always be borne by the citizens, and they get away with it. We have gone through this before. This is not the first time we are restructuring our debt. We have to be able to structure an arrangement that enables the politicians to put, to, to put on the table a greater sacrifice before creditors can come to the table. This is that time. And what would be helpful is for us to have one domestic creditor committee that harvests the different proposals and perspectives across the different investor categories, creditor categories, and, 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 and unify that and then negotiate from position of strength. For the MPP, it signals what they are doing now, signals policy shifts from the ideology of the party in the so-called property-owning democracy as the current preemptive debt restructuring signals that the party is ignoring or interfering in property rights it has preached over the years. It doesn't end there. In fact, the negative information about the state of the economy as revealed by the default decision actually depresses the net wealth of firms, including banks, and even as they interact with, with, with other banks in other jurisdictions, either through correspondent banking or, 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 or whatever. In fact, it has negative implications for investment, growth, and employment generation. This is also because solving risk or default is recessionary in nature because it tightens the funding constraints of banks and other financial institutions, and therefore there will be a reduction in bank credit to the private sector, which is an important channel through which debt restructuring affects growth. So if you put all these things together, and in fact, I've been wondering what has been the role of Bank of Ghana and the other regulators in this debt restructuring? Did they support it? Because as a regulator, you want to be, as a regulator, you would have analyzed the implication of the terms of the domestic debt exchange on the, on, on, on the sector you regulate. Prof, you recall at the, at the beginning, the Bank of Ghana came forth with some regulatory incentives, indicating that they, they fully backed the current structure of the delegation program. I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed the way the regulators followed the political economy. It flies in the face of building institutions that will act as checks and balances for the common good. That, I wasn't expecting that, actually. But that said, now that we have space for us to engage, and then and 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 and, and not only that, individual bondholders or pensioners will look at what they can get from this. But I believe that we must come together and engineer greater reform, expenditure cuts, because there is considerable room, and this can be demonstrated 
there's considerable room for expenditure-based fiscal consolidation. That expenditure cut will not affect growth. It will rather free up space for growth-enhancing spending. The reason we are unable to support government in this current debt exchange terms is that there is not only perceived, there is sizable evidence of bias and unfairness between fiscal adjustment and debt operations. Because the fiscal side is doing so small. In fact, actually, when you look at the 2023 budget, the contribution of the fiscal side to debt reduction is just 0.7% of GDP mm. in 2023. Whilst if you look at the proportion of losses in liquidity terms, coupon alone, we are not even talking about principal resettling uh, as has been done. The coupon payment alone as a percentage of GDP is huge. So that tells you that creditors are having to sacrifice so much in, in restoring our debt to a sustainable level while the fiscal side is doing so small. Hmm. That unfairness can, should not be tolerated. That said, Evans, this is my position. Where we find ourselves, a certain level of debt restructuring is unavoidable. I support government in that regard. The terms, the scope, the, the, the length, and all of that must be discussed in, cons in a consensus-building manner. So if government fails to do that, we cannot go along with them. I would also appeal to individual bondholders. I would, I would appeal to all creditors that we find ourselves at the point where some level of sacrifice must be made in addition to whatever that we would have done already. Ghana needs that. So we may have to look beyond our personal interests or whatever and see how Ghana collectively can come out of that. To do so, we must make immediate demands of government cutting expenditure as a, as, as a testimony of, of, of leadership that then draws creditors to the negotiation table. Mm. Uh, Prof, I'm grateful uh, for your thoughts on this. Always a delight uh, to hear you speak on the matters uh, on the economy. I'm grateful. That's Professor Grofford Bopping, Professor of Finance uh, at the University of Ghana. Uh, uh, still listening to new studies on Joy 99.7 FM. At the heart of this conversation is what this whole debt restructuring mean for ordinary people uh, caught up uh, in the midst of, of the restructuring and the debt exchange program. My colleague and uh, uh, the uh, editor of uh, features here at Joy News uh, has <coughs> been uh, working uh, his own uh, sources and speaking to individuals affected. Um, and uh, Jojo Joyce Minister, Jojo, you've you been speaking to one particular individual severely affected uh, by the inclusion of individual bonds that is if this goes ahead he risks almost losing everything yes 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 77 year old peter kojo nyasefe uh, he's a marine worker retired and i mean his story is very interesting he lost over two hundred and fifty thousand in a ponzi scheme because he's been looking how to invest planning for his old age and then, I mean, he got assurances from people who government bonds are the best, so he decided to buy two separate bonds. And interestingly, I mean, that's what he's been living on, the coupons, and even one matures in March 2023, and then he's also supposed to take um, another coupon on January, 20, um, January 23rd. That is just next week. 
And so he is actually very worried because that is what he relies on f- to buy his various medication. I mean, he has prostate issues, high blood pressure, and then diabetes. And so he's actually very worried. And he's saying that on Tuesday, no matter what happens, that is the day that he's supposed to receive his coupon payment. He's going to go to the bank and sit there until the bank pays him and that he will not listen to anything that the bank says because he desperately needs the money. There's no plan and there's nothing I can sell anymore. And there's nothing I can sell. So the only thing I have decided to do was to go to the bank on the 23rd to go to the bank there and sit down there. That's all. Until I, because if I, if I go, how am I going home? I have to go home with a car. I need a few more. When I come home, to, I have to buy, I have to pay for the water bill, electricity bill, food. And the money is there with the bank. So I give them, I give the, this one, I give the money to the Ghana Commercial Bank. So they will give me the money before, that, before I come home. So if you go on 24th and they say there's no money in accounts. Then I, 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 I'm going to stay there. If they say the money is not there, I'm going to stay there. I'm going to stay there. Until they carry me wherever they want to carry me, because I cannot walk myself. So they will carry me wherever they want to carry me, go there. They have to carry me and go. I, I don't, that, that's the only thing I can, that, that's the only, I cannot find them also. Well, you want to catch this uh, full feature. Uh, it's on the Joy Prime at uh, 8 p.m on uh, the 8, 7 p.m. Uh, on the Joy News channel. Uh, it's also definitely going to be uh, across our media, our social media platforms on myjoyonline.com. You can catch it also on radio from tomorrow morning uh, throughout the day uh, and listen to how uh, what has been proposed affects real lives. Still ahead after business. Education minister questions relevance of some courses taught by the country universities, blaming it for huge youth unemployment rates in the country. Development education. Development education for what? You have BA in education and it's supposed to prepare students for non-teaching jobs. What type of non-teaching job are you preparing students with? Unemployment invariably comes from the fact that we are training the graduates for courses that don't exist. But as Education Minister, should he be complaining or fixing the problem? We'll hear from an educationist and a former Vice-Chancellor. Also, uh, later, eight China senior high school students dismissed for insulting the president, finally recalled by the Ghana Education Service after President Kufado intervened. That also after George. George, you had that exclusive interview with the Finance Minister, Ken Ofriata, giving indication that uh, he's willing... Uh, to make some concessions. Yeah. He said same now uh, to the individual bondholders in this meeting. So meetings, real technical meetings will begin tomorrow yeah. Uh, yeah. towards uh, achieving yeah. uh, some restructured or amended, you know, debt exchange program. Um, we, what more did he say in this interview? Well, well, you, well, well you, you get the understanding that in a subtle way he admitted that maybe the initial engagement should have been expanded more to bring in other stakeholders instead of the initial persons that they engaged and admitting that maybe if that was done maybe we wouldn't have been dealt with the current challenges that they are faced with respect to implementing this domestic debt exchange program but in another breath you also get the understanding that um, the country is in a real uh, challenge right now and there should be a way out and, and maybe that is the way to go in terms of embarking on a debt exchange program, and there is no turning back on that. Mm. Even though he's willing to 
push for some concessions in terms of scrapping the program, that would not be possible. There were also issues about overborrowing and and his argument also was that some of these funds have been invested in projects that would take time for it to mature to settle some of these debts. Okay, so, so even accounting for, for what he used the borrowed money for. Yeah, kind okay. of start to waste I'm, I'm looking forward to this uh, tomorrow at uh, 9 p.m. on the Joy Business edition of PM Express. Yeah. Uh, you, we want to join that. But what's in the headline tonight? Well, even coming up, the finance minister, Ken Ofriata, insists required expenditure cuts has been instituted to support the domestic debt exchange program. And the National Petroleum Authority finds uh, four oil marketing companies for illicit trading as a risk-losing license for non-payment of these fines. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Alliance Life and Ghana Pay. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osuakweje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community One, opposite Olam SHS, Kumase K and USD campus. You see. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764101 764209 or 762792 he said, it's MTN Business Broadband. In this fast-paced environment, we need fast and reliable internet to support all business types. No laggy online meetings, great download and upload speeds, impeccable business management systems, all-inclusive. I mean, you can have it all. I signed on immediately. <laughs> to enable your business stay ahead and stay connected, make sure you're signed on to the best internet made just for businesses. MTN Business Broadband. Sign up today on broadband.mtn.com.gh and manage your account on my MTN app. Call 0244-308-111 for more information. MTN. Fly Qatar Airways, the world's best airline, and fill your calendar with incredible adventures in inspiring destinations. With our offer of up to 25% of all-inclusive business and economy class, navel at nature, hike across stunning terrain, swim in turquoise waters, or explore cultured cities. Book today at www.qatarairways.com. Qatar Airways, going places together. You're welcome back to Business on 
Newsnight. Now, Finance Minister Ken Ofriata is insisting that the required expenditure cuts has been instituted to support the domestic debt exchange program. Now, this follows concerns that government is not sharing enough in the burden as it moves to suspend interest payments to individual and pensioners under the program. The minister, however, maintains that there is no alternative to the debt exchange program as he wants to as the government moves to fast-track the recovery of the economy. He's been speaking in a yet-to-be-aired PM Express Business Edition on tomorrow at 9 p.m. on Joe News. Expenditures, you know, are being cut um, to, to the bone, and you can ask from ministry to ministry, and they'll confirm that. But more importantly, the issue of now our gift miss and HMIs, which are um, um, computer systems, you know, would really ensure on a commitment basis and a quarterly allocation that you cannot even post what is not in your budget. And that's really important, uh, because if you look at the past, uh, you see areas in which um, certain contracts are signed way beyond budgets. This one will not, the, the system will not even allow you to. We ourselves as a ministry uh, setting up an oversight committee uh, to make sure that everybody stays within that ambit. And then more importantly, um, the review that we are doing on these um, various programs um, to make sure that deficiencies and leakages, you know, are done with. And then ensuring the GRA, as you say, are now on a trajectory to be able to perform properly more digitalization, and that is going to help us immensely. Um, so, George, I'm, I'm pretty confident about that in the future in terms of uh, the idea of burden sharing to get us through the hump. Um, domestic debt exchange program, um, we've come up with some changes that we did for the financial institutions. I think that has gone down well. Um, we are also looking at the pensions um, for the unions. We are making great progress with that. And um, this week, we'll also look at the individual bondholders. And that is the finance minister speaking on a yet-to-be-at uh, PM Express business edition. That is uh, tomorrow at 9 p.m. on Joy News. Now, the 20 developed countries that Ghana is indebted have also set up a creditor committee to help fast-track the cancellation of the country's debts. Now, this was after Finance Minister Ken Ofriata made uh, what can be described as the uh, government's last pitch to the Paris Club of International Creditors on the debt cancellation. According to the Paris Club of Creditors, the committee is needed to signal their first step in making that process of helping address government's concerns or request to cancel Ghana's program of that is debts. Now, the National Petroleum Authority has sanctioned uh, four oil marketing companies for engaging in uh, what the regulator describes as illicit third-party trading and unlawful lifting of petroleum products. The affected companies are Finance Oil, that is Petro XP, and Glaxac. Now, with these fine reaching almost 600,000 Ghana cities, the National Petroleum Authority in a statement noted that these, these firms actually risk losing their licenses if they fail to pay the fines. Meanwhile, the communications manager, the National Petroleum Authority, Mohamed Kudus, in an earlier interview, has maintained that the regulator would take some steps to bring sanity in the industry. This is actually not the first of the publications that you've seen. Uh, from it. So it is not the business of just probably 
calling them to the boardroom and having a discussion with them. But we only not uh, are also revoke it, but we revoke it and put uh, a theme to the public. So the public is able to measure the activity that the, the, the Niger Petroleum Authority is attaching to all of this. And so this is certainly not going to be the last, as and when we feel that there is a need to crack the whip or to uh, uh, pull any of the, uh, the, the players to the, the table to account for whatever it goes or authority, we would certainly do that. So certainly this would not be the last, and to continue to sanitize and do whatever that we can to bring a certain sanity within the industry. And that is uh, Mohammed uh, Kudus talking about some measures that the National Petroleum Authority will be taking to ensure that there is sanity in the industry with respect to regulations. Let's get to other stories and some regulatory actions as well because a customs division of the Ghana Revenue Authority has arrested a suspected Nigerian fake currency syndicate along the Aflao border. And the suspect who was using unapproved routes to transport the cash was nabbed after a joint operation by the customs, by the officials and some security agencies that sanctioned these, that is actually dealt with these at the country's eastern border. After further examination, it was found with 80 million CFA, which tends to be fake. Acting Commissioner of Customs, Sidi Drisu, um, said this after been briefing journalists on the arrest. This was yesterday. As of this morning, I had uh, instructed them to bring the suspect plus the contents to Accra here, and we'll be handing over to our investigations department for further investigations. I, I mean, and that is the acting commissioner of uh, customs, uh, Sedu Idrisu, Disa, speaking to journalists here in Accra today. Now, the Security Exchange Commission has announced that Zenibank has requested to cease operation of trustee activities in the securities and capital market. The Securities Nation Commission noted that it has also accepted the request that came from Zenit Bank to get out of their space. Now, trustees usually had by an issuer to oversee the implementation of a bond between the bond issuer and the bondholder. Now, the Securities Nation Commission in a statement maintained that all investors, market operators, and the general public, as well as investors, are hereby assured that the SEC was actually committed to ensuring rigorous enforcement of the rules of operators in the capital market in order to promote growth and development of all the players. And that's all uh, for business on Newsnight. And, uh, George, thank you for that. That last story is what many have been warning may happen in, across the financial sector. Yeah. Um, that it, it, it stands to reason why they're doing it. Yesterday, um, you know him, Kise Antonio, who is the vice president of the Ghana yeah. Securities Industry Association, make the point on my show yeah. that if the debt program is executed in this current form, um, many in, in, in his industry may have to... But we, we're still yet to get fine clarity from the bank because it appears that they, they have an issue with the with the wording or how the message has been communicated by the Securities and Exchange Commission. We are picking up information from other players that suggested that they are actually restructuring the business for something, that area that they are going into. So mm. it's not directly linked to so what is happening the in, the, in, the, in the economy. And, and therefore, the they, they'll, be, they'll be coming out with their own statement to try and clarify what this means with respect to them requesting just to seize trustee business. But that doesn't mean that they are totally out when it comes to the security 
and the capital market space. Okay, Joe, thank you very much. Now, the Education Minister, Dr. Yoeduchum, believes the growing youth unemployment in the country is due to universities churning out graduates with irrelevant degrees. Now, speaking on education at the 74th Annual New Year's School, Dr. Duchum said government is collaborating with the universities to correct the imbalance. So many students have been enrolled in diploma in education. They are being trained for jobs that do not exist. Thousands and thousands are graduating for jobs that do not exist. One favorite course that I always cite it's what is called sanitation education, but there's no course in sanitation to be taught. Development education. Development e education for what? UDS. Development studies. Undergraduate program. For what job? So yes, I'm fully aware. And we're engaging the universities. I think we need to focus on courses that have relevance to that particular student and to the nation. Invariably, you have BA in education and this university. And it's supposed to prepare students for non-teaching jobs. What type of non-teaching job are you preparing students with BA in education? They don't exist, but the degree program exists. Unfortunately, there's limited guidance and counseling at our schools, at the high school level, for a student to be able to say, I applied to do business administration. You gave me sociology, and I'm not going to take it because that is not where I'm heading. But invariably, the young men just want to come to the university. We need to change course because unemployment invariably comes from the fact that we are training the graduates for courses that don't exist. Uh, let's uh, pick the thoughts of a former vice chancellor, uh, Professor. John Japon joins us on the telephone line right now. Prof, Happy New Year to you. I'm in What's your reaction to the Education Minister? Well, I think um, he may have a point, uh, but that the issues are more nuanced than uh, they may appear. I mean, if you take the last comment he made, for instance, that I applied to come and study business administration. You didn't give me business administration, you gave me sociology. So I won't come. I mean, it's not, it's not that simple. Um, there are only so many people that can get into business administration. If there are 100 slots for business administration and there are uh, 1,000 qualified people, it means there will be 900 people who will not have business administration. But is studying sociology wrong? I'm not too sure. I guess, I mean, the point that he makes is very important that um, because we are not given adequate counseling and guidance to our students in the senior high school, the choice of programs becomes a problem. And uh, you can study, I know many people who study sociology who are very important managers uh, within the country. So I think the point is that uh, increasingly we are slicing the programs that are offered at the undergraduate level. Undergraduate studies are supposed to uh, broaden people's minds and make them uh, people who can think, uh, critical thinkers. 
to be able to contribute to society. Is that to suggest so, that it's not necessarily about what you study, but the quality yeah, uh, of the experience yeah. that you get, the yeah. holistic experience you get to prepare you for life generally? I, I, I think so, except for the so-called professional courses. I mean, if you want to be a doctor, you have to go to medical school. But even in other jurisdictions, I mean, you don't have to go to medical school from high school. You study um, a basic degree for four years, and uh, if you are convinced that that is what you want to do, then you have a program to enter medical school. Uh, so we need to guide our students at the senior high school level and let them know what the options are. In terms of programs being relevant or irrelevant, there are processes for developing programs within the country. And the Ghana Tertiary Education Commission is I mean, very much involved, especially for the government-owned universities. You need policy clearance from the tertiary education to be able to, uh, from the commission to be able to mount a specific program after going through all the processes within the university. Then there is accreditation of the program once you have the policy clearance uh, to make sure that uh, opportunities for jobs and all that are available. So I think we need to work together to improve upon the whole system. But the point is that counseling is very, very relevant. Yeah, but, but you may be counsel all you want. If the university is offering programs that, as the education minister suggests, is a complete mismatch between what you're studying and what is out there on the job market, you, you still end up with an unemployed person. Isn't that the fundamental problem, that the universities are offering courses that has no bearing on what industry, for example, is doing in reality and what the job market is it's, it's asking for? But Evans, I think what we also need to know, I, I very much agree to some extent with the issues that the, the minister raised, but uh, what we also need to know is that universities are not just training people to go and fit certain jobs. The universities are supposed to train people to be critical thinkers, to be able to uh, solve problems that uh, they confront in life. So um, it's not that there's a job in Joy FM, so... Um, training somebody to come and fit into that job in Joy FM. What if that job is not available tomorrow? So fundamentally, um, but you, you agree some some things needs to change and there must be some collaboration. And then it begs the question, of course, the, when you hear from the education minister, it carries a lot of weight. But the education ministry job is to, is to design policy. Is the policy direction on this one that is adequate to then uh encourage the universities to propose the solutions that then addresses the problems that the, uh, the education minister is proposing i'm asking this question obviously because he's the chief policy officer when it comes to education but has has has, has the policy framework been adequate in itself Oh, I think so. I think the policy framework is, is very adequate. If you read the Ghana Tertiary Education Commission I mean, documentation, it's very, very adequate. So the issue has also been that sometimes um, some of the universities have also uh, not stuck to the policy. I believe that is what he's uh, referring to. Because if government sets up a university of health and allied sciences, 
the expectation is that you would be focusing on health and allied science. But we are in a, we are a developing country. So government sets up universities to achieve specific goals. So if I've set up a university of health and allied sciences, I expect that you'll be training doctors, pharmacists, nurses, and uh, allied health scientists and public health people. I mean, in the health profession, because that is the mandate that the country has given you, and that is what you are being paid to do. If you begin to do other things which are not within that mandate, that's what we call mission creep. So you get into areas that you are not supposed to be getting into. Probably for uh, generating some more resources for the university. It's, it's a whole complex thing. But the point I believe that he's making is that if government sets you up to do ABC, you must remain focused in those areas. Uh, there are uh, some programs which are being run in some universities that didn't go through the policy uh, accreditation processes, uh, which I believe is what he's referring to. You, you, if, if an audit is done in many of our universities, there was a period of time where people were not going for accreditation at all. So there has been some missing link somewhere, and I believe that is what he's calling to be, to be, to be fixed. Uh, Professor Japon, thank you very much. Uh, that's uh, Professor John uh, Japon. Uh, he's a former vice chancellor of the University of Health and Allied Sciences and st still with the education. I remember the eight girls who were dismissed by the Ghana Education Service uh, because they insulted the president. Well, uh, the Ghana Education Service has tonight recalled all of them after the president uh, intervened. Management of the Ghana Education Service directed the uh, school administration to allow them back into the classroom following the intervention uh, of the uh, president. The uh, father, one of the girls, has confirmed to join news that her daughter is reporting back to school uh, this evening. Uh, let's uh, quickly pick the thoughts of uh, the executive director for Child Online Africa, our item, uh, who joins us on the telephone line right now, I will. This is certainly good news. This is something you call for. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Good evening, Evans, and uh, good evening to your listeners. Yes, this is something we've been calling for because we have the view that what the children did uh, was done out of ignorance, and again, it wasn't done more like on a political platform for anyone to say that oh, this decision to hold them back is political and all. So for us, uh, what is in the best interest of the child is what we'll push for. So now that they've been called back, yes, the question is what next? Uh, we are looking at seeing something coming from the Ghana Education Service uh, in a form of a code of conduct for online behaviors or social media in general. But this will, should be done in consultation with all stakeholders within the ecosystem as far as the school is concerned. And so, yes, that's what I to say we, 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 we would like to see. Okay, going forward. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Madam Aydan, for your time on News Night. Let's do some sports now. And Mbaus here with details. Yes, Evans, the Ghana Football Association, we understand, has uh, have shortlisted three coaches for the vacant Black Stars job. And uh, we understand that, uh, well, uh, technical advisor of the Black Stars at the Mundial, uh, Chris Hootin, he has been shortlisted for this role. Remember, he has worked with uh, Premier League size Newcastle United.
Brighton over Albion, Tottenham Hotspur. And also we understand former Egypt boss Hector Cooper has also been shortlisted for the job. He is famously remembered for leading Valencia to two Champions League finals. Interestingly, also Manchester United assistant coach Steve McLaren has also made the cut for the vacant job. And remember, McLaren was the head coach of Middlesbrough. He also coached Wolfsburg, Derby County, among others. But famously, is remembered for coaching the English national team. And according to the sports minister, latest by next week, we will get to know who becomes the next coach of the Black Stars. Thank you very much. Now, the National Democratic Congress, NDC, says it has been compelled by the devaluation of the Ghana city to increase its presidential filing fee from 300,000 to 500,000 CDs. Now, parliamentary candidates will also pay a filing fee uh, of uh, 40,000 CDs. This is an increase from its previous 25,000 CDs. In 2019, the party has also announced the 13th May 2023 uh, for its presidential and parliamentary primaries all will be held on the same day. Listen to General Secretary Fifiquite. The opening of nominations will be between the 22nd February 2023 to the 24th of February 2023. Submission of forms and filing of nomination will be between 20th of March 2023 to the 22nd of March 2023. Vetting will be between 27th of March to 29th of March 2023. Appeal is going to be allowed between the period of 30th of March to 6th of April. So the, the aspirants for the presidential primaries will be made to pick their nomination form at the office of the general secretary and a non-refundable fee of 30,000 Ghana cities. Well, he says a party uh, will punish executives who declare support for candidates during the campaigning period. About committing a structure of the party at any level. We don't have anything called Greater Accra Caucus of Constituency Chairman. It doesn't exist as a structure anywhere in our constitution. The same way, caucus of this, caucus of that, caucus of that. Take the party constitution. These are not structures. The guidelines is talking about the structure of the party at whatever level. So if individual chairmen come together to do anything, they are not committing any structure of the party to A constituency A, we are saying that the constituency executives at ABC are saying that we are supporting this candidate, we will not allow any other person to come. Then that immediately the announcement comes, the person who makes that announcement will be hauled to come and answer questions. And as the national chairman of the NDC, Johnson, I a few of your comments uh, on uh, what's our platform, on the stories you've heard so far. Uh, Will Sink says the best betting share is for all Article 71 office holders who stop taking excretia. Uh, this will greatly help restore our bankrupt economy, he says. Uh, this one from Kwamina. That the biggest problem with our education system is that it doesn't train the mindset of students to be able to easily learn and produce results regardless. Uh, as rightly said, critical thinking is lacking in the whole training process, uh, he argues. Uh, also, uh, sending us his thoughts on this is Senna from Agonu. Uh, he says, what the convener of the individual bondholders have said is totally true. So this, uh, he says, wicked MPP government must forget the individual debt exchange program uh, in the country. A few of your thoughts there. Up next is Strong and Sassy. Stay with the girls. Coming up right after Newsnight.
Harris, and I say keep on listening to George, 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 George. 99.7 FM. Good evening and welcome to your superstation, Joy 99.7 FM. My name is Enimoa Enim Ado, and this is Strong and Sassy. I hope you've have a, had a good day. 
Um, today's been kind of quiet, so I hope that you're okay. I'm sure you're driving home from work, so maybe a little tired. So um, try and stay awake, get home safely, but we're here to keep you company. So today we're having a conversation about lazy men. Shout outs to George Quay who inspired this topic, not because he's lazy, but because he talked about it. We went out to um, some sort of sit-down thing, and Isinam, you remember, he was talking about lazy men and um, why some women put up with lazy men. So this show is dedicated to George Quay. You can catch him on the Late Night Express, Mondays to Wednesdays um, from 10 p.m. Good evening, George. So I have, um, this week, I don't know what to call you. <laughs> Esinam. It's, it's, yeah, it's not descriptive enough. Wow. Esinam is here. Esinam Batali. Um, Miss Batali. Um, today's show your stomach Wednesday <laughs> here on Strong Sassy. Anyway, so you definitely want to go on Facebook because you want to be watching us live. Um, you don't want to be listening to us. But if you are driving, please, you can't be on Facebook and driving at the same time. But if you're home, watch us on Facebook. We're live and interactive. I'd love for you to get involved. Your comments, your thoughts, your questions. Um, and all of that. So, Essie Nambatali is here. And then for the first time on Strong and Sassy, um, we're welcoming a new assassin to the team. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself because it's your first time. So, just tell us a little bit of who you are. Well, thank you very much. Happy You're New welcome. Year. Happy New Year. And too. Happy New Year to all your listeners out there. You are doing a very good job. I listen you. to you all the time. Joy Aww. is my number one go-to station for Aww. information, education. Entertainment. And entertainment. Nice. So um, I'm so happy to be here today. That's amazing. Yes. So, yes, my name is Harriet Nate. Hi, I, Harriet. Um, Can we call you Harry? Yeah, anything you want to call me. You can call me Nah. Okay, nah. Right. Nah, Harry. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I'll so, be. My name is Harriet Nati. I am a journalist. I host Diplomatic Affairs on Pan-African Television, mm -hmm. and I am also in charge of HAL Solutions, H-A-L. Okay. Everything media, public relations, and, you know, content development, authentic content development. Hey. So that's what we do. So ACD. Basically, this is me. <laughs> this is what I do. Well, welcome, yeah, thank and thank you, you for so making much. the time to join thank us you. tonight. Very thank nice you. to have you. So I was telling um, somebody about the topic tonight, and I was like, oh, we're talking about dating with lazy men. And then he asked me, so who is a lazy man? And I was like, isn't that obvious? But then I got to thinking, because maybe there are different definitions for different mm -hmm. people. All right, so Isinam, let's start. But who do you think a lazy man This is my show. I'm not asking the questions. <laughs> you cannot ask the vigilator. <laughs> Very good. Mm. Esinam, mm. this is strong and sassy. You're, you're so welcome. Love you so much. Who's a lazy? I think that um, lazy is relative, highly relative or mm. subjective. But for me, mm -hmm. a lazy person is someone who is who finds no motivation to do anything. Mm -mm. Like they know what they need to do for themselves they have plans but it's not just that um it's not just the unmotivated person but it's more of what they do as a result of not being motivated um, a lazy someone person is someone who is not 
is not doing their best but doesn't see that they're not doing their best okay. and they tend to blame other people for their inability to achieve their own goals mm. so you'd find that um, they make excuses a lot for why they are where they are and it's always someone else's fault but this okay so for me that's what sums up 